Well, welcome, friends. We are so glad to have you with us for another episode of The Collective Podcast, where we strive to serve the church and bless the city. Each episode is going to encourage us through highlighting beautifully ordinary women living extraordinary lives of faithfulness. These women come from all areas of life, all ages, stages, and places. And I hope that the lives of these women challenge us to be all God has created us to be. And I hope it calls us toward our next step of faithfulness, our next best yes. Well, hey, friends, I am your host, Callie Nixon, and we are so glad to have you with us today. Today, we are going to be talking about a pretty fun topic and a topic that has come up back and forth throughout the years many, many different times, and it is the topic of working moms. And so I know different people land in totally different places on this topic, and I will just say at the outset This is a tender topic. And so as a working mom myself, there's huge thought processes, huge decision matrices that I've gone through to land um, where I have now as a working mom. And I really, really, really believe that because one of the pillars of this podcast is highlighting beautifully ordinary women living extraordinary lives of faithfulness that we could not do that without delving into this issue of a working mom. And so I am so excited that these two women are here with me today. They're here because of their strong devotion to Christ, their commitment to his word, his spirit, and his people. And I am really glad about the truth and the wisdom and the encouragement that they are going to be sharing with us today. So welcome with me, these lovely ladies that are here with me today. Dana, How are you? I'm good. This is Dana Douth. Hello. Gentlemen. (laughs) Gentlemen. I'm assuming that there's gentlemen that listen to this podcast. If you don't, you should jump on it. And then S.A. Nosahare. Hey. Did I say it right? Nosahare. Dang it. Almost close. You did good. So good. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. It's good to be here. S.A., let's start with you. Okay. Tell the ladies at home a little bit about who you are, what you do for a living, your family, that stuff. Okay. Well, my name is S.A. Um, I am a nurse practitioner by trade. Um, I currently work uh, GI, gastrointestinal, which is um, affectionately called butts and guts. Butts and guts. All day long. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I um, have been a nurse practitioner for the last two years. I've been a nurse for 12 years. Um, and yeah, I love what I do. Um, I love my job. Um, I am currently commuting to Arlington, though, which is about an hour and 10 minutes from my house. But, man, God has really showed up and showed out this last year and a half I've worked in Arlington. So um, I've got two kids, um, two boys, Mudia and Zode. Um, Mudia's seven, Zode's five. I've been married for just turned 10 years um, Whoa, to my wonderful husband. Congratulations. Um, Nosa, thank you. Um, yeah, and we, we, yeah, just that's a little bit about me. It's awesome. Love it. Dana? Hello. I'm Dana. I am in a weird spot because I just left the job that I had been at for seven years. So I was an interior designer for seven years. And I am now working still full-time, but 100% home, um, doing some bookkeeping and billing for a company called Living is One. I have four kids. My oldest, Roxy, is almost nine. My twins, Charlie and Warner, are six. And my little baby, who's not a baby, but we call him the baby, Steel, is two. 
Um, I'm married to Jeff, who is a police officer, and we've been married 11 years. To think about that one. Um, and did I cover everything there? You nailed it. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, I'm so glad to have you here today. And as I was thinking about it, um, there's so many verses that could kind of cast a net over what we're going to talk about today. But the one that I'm thinking of specifically is Ephesians 2.10. And just speaking that over you two as you share your hearts with us and over, even over myself, it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so I'm going to ask you a ton of questions today just about your work and the nature of it and how you came to that decision as a mom with that kind of extra pressure. And I think it's it's fair to say that at the get-go, we acknowledge several different things in this conversation. We acknowledge that people land on different sides of the spectrum. We acknowledge that people can come to the same decision even in different ways and for different reasons. Um, but what I love that's beautiful about the family of God is and that I can say with full confidence with you guys is I've loved watching you walk out this process. And so not to fluff you up or anything, but just to acknowledge from the get-go, these are women whose voices are trustworthy. And so they're worth listening to. And so with that, I just want to start with, um, man, overarching question. Why do you work? You're a mom. You've got a family. You've got kids at home. Why do you have a profession as well? Man, um, Honestly, so I'm medical. My husband is a pharmacist. He's also medical. We um, went to really expensive schools and we have a lot of debt. <laughs> and uh, so both of us are working, um, but more so um, my family's from Nigeria. And um, I think a, a big part of Nigerian culture is you work. If you can get up out of bed and you can go to school every day, you get a degree while you're at school and you do something with it and you work. And so... It's never really crossed my mind to be at home without a job. And so um, I think for me, um, that's the main reason. And then another reason for me is just work for me is is more than work <laughs> for me. It just keeps me just busy. And I'm my personality. I just I need to be doing 50,000 things to be super productive. And it works for me. It's always worked for me when I slow life down. And when I am not doing uh, multiple different mm -hmm. things, juggling different things, I, I struggle a little bit um, in the gray or in the the uh, seasons where I'm not super busy. So, yeah. So for me, like it's it's all good. Mm -hmm. And when you say too, like the way that your gifts are utilized specifically in your pr profession, they maybe could be utilized in other places. But to me, I look at how you're gifted and how you're wired. You're a one on the Enneagram. You actually both are ones on the yeah, Enneagram, we are. right? Yeah. So like, <laughs> shout out to the details ones. that yeah. would make me a little nauseous. <laughs> you know, that is something that God's gifted you with that. Would you say that is a place where it is just vastly displayed for his glory? Oh, man. Yes. And I think that there's not very many professions where you use your hands in a way that literally heals. Yeah. And I think that um, when you are doing something that displays in such magnitude and such a magnitude that is like what I do. Um, yeah, there is a joy that comes from that. Mm -hmm. There is a comfort in knowing, okay, God, 
I'm doing what you, you want me to do. And maybe that is why I love what I do so much, because you get to see the product of the things that you've learned um, manifest since manifest itself in um, a good way and in, in a, a positive way. Yeah, that it's so funny even hearing you say that, because my journey for work has been so different. And for me, it has been many different things. It hasn't always been an outlet. It's been necessary. It's been life-giving. It's been, um, you know, more of a, a drain before, but just depending on the season of what it called for. Um, you know, for my husband being a police officer, I mean, that was a calling that our whole family committed to. Mm -hmm. And what it has meant for our life is a sacrifice for him, for me, for my kids. Like we don't, we don't have normal. Um, and that even in and of itself is something God has grown me in. Cause I totally want normal. I want normal all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I, I have struggled at different times being like, Oh my, my job has never been like healing. Like the way you're describing yours where I'm like, does it have enough meaning? Am I, mm. am I doing the right thing? You know, that I, to be like first Peter four ten I put because God has used this for me. Um, as each one of you has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And that, that's been so good for me because I'm not healing, but I'm using my gifts in ways to serve. Um, the, and I've done that in interior design. I've done that working for our church. And um, I think God continues to show me that that can change and can be many different things. Um, so anyway, that, that's kind of been, you know, as we hold our hands open each year with Jeff and I, my husband, it's been like, okay, what is work going to look like this year? Um, and we decided when I had my oldest daughter, we wanted to live close to his job. Um, we wanted a big family and, you know, being a police officer, we were like, okay, that's going to mean most likely that I work in some capacity um, probably always. Um, so anyway, a little bit different journey there. And I feel like ever working journey on what it looks like. That's really good. And that's also a great segue into my next thought, because, you know, I, I want to ask, how did you both arrive at the decision to work? And you've kind of already spoken to it just a little bit. But the the tag to that question is, how do you continue to find peace? Because like you just said, we hold it open and every year we reevaluate for me, I'm, I'm a working mom as well. And especially right now, looking into the fall, <laughs> looking like what it's going to look like, we're constantly just have our hands up and going, Lord, is this? So I would say, how did you arrive at the decision? And how do you continue to find peace in the decisions that you make? Yeah. Yeah, I think so for me, I kind of have a little bit of like a antagonist story to that I think when I first moved to Dallas um, like eight years ago now um, I had actually taken a unintentional break from my career um, because I was transitioning things and hadn't gotten a job yet um, and my husband was just he had just gotten out of pharmacy school and so we just thought at that point it would be best if I was a stay-at-home mom. So I was a stay-at-home mom for nine months, roughly. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, 
I realized very quickly that um, I saw work as where I got my accolades. I turned to my job for comfort, my coworkers, um, and just the things that um, God had blessed me with was uh, just a way to placate some sort of um, satisfaction in what I did. And so I quickly realized that my job was an idol. Hmm. Um, and so I suddenly was not... Um, I had like the idol of security. So I just realized that all of a sudden I'm not essay the awesome nurse that is super cool and can save your life. But here I am, you know, essay this mom and wife of this at the time, eight month old with no friends, (laughs) uh, no church home at the time. Um, Instead of working with butts and guts, you're just wiping butts. Well, at that time I was actually working (laughs) the ICU. So so it was, you know, oh, it's a one's dream. Oh, yes. That's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I just, I lost that. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me realize that that is where I found my identity at that point in my life and and did not find my identity in Christ at all. And so, um, you know, I had to, I had to really look at that time as a lesson that God was giving me. He was forcing me to slow down so that I would know that like, hey, baby girl, that is not where your identity is found. You are my daughter Mm. before anything else. You are my baby. And so that for me um, made me just it, it just realigned my heart. It realigned my focus and where I should be turning to, which at that time. Um, was not the Lord. Mm. And isn't that kind of the Lord, don't you think? Because the most stripping season of my life was newborns and toddlers. Mm. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't trade that season of being, you know, for me being able to be fully engaged in them. And yet it is, it has been so good to go, I was not good at that. Yes. <laughs> you know, like yes. I, I can say that now yes. with like, I, that was not, some women flourish in that season. Yes. We had really tough babies. It's been so good for me to go, that was not me walking in my strength, but mm. I would not trade yeah. that stripping down yeah. of taking away things that I wouldn't have even known I was putting my identity in and having the Lord go just you and me and just your obedience and your obedience Mm -hmm. is as honoring to me as your giftedness is, which, so I can really relate to having a season like that. Yes. You know, it made me think of like, you know, when um, they say in the world that like God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Oh, it's so, Uh, such a lie. Such a fallacy, right? (laughs) Such a lie. Um, And I I think that like God gives you an unbearably amount of things that you cannot handle so that you are reminded to rest in him. Yes. For sure. Mm -hmm. I definitely (laughs) was humbled Uh, by that. I mean, always, (laughs) always humbling. Um, You know, for me arriving to the decision happened. And then I sort of went through a season of wondering if it was an okay decision, Um, just not having a lot of working mom friends and, you know, 
feeling a mixed message at the time in my life in church and maybe what the world, even like the Christian world, what they were saying about work. Um, so I, I spent a lot of time in the scriptures seeing like, what does God really say about work? And I'm so glad I did that because now it's, it's so empowering to me as we, um, make these decisions with our community group. Um, and just my husband and I each year looking, okay, does this make sense for our family? Is, are we thriving? Are we, um, are we, you know, putting each other in the appropriate place? Are we putting God in the appropriate place? And honestly, most recently for me and my job change, that wasn't happening. I was not at a right place with the Lord. I was finding a lot of identity. I mean, similar to what you were saying, um, you know, just a little bit of an idol and the cool job I had and, and even doing, you know, a, a busy job with four kids. And I, God just really showed me that I needed to take a step back for a season to have a job that feels less glamorous. That's not as fun to say out loud in a group. It's not my party trick anymore. (laughs) As evidenced by, I said, what's your new job? And you said, billing Billing and accounting. And I go, I literally said, ew, (laughs) which is really rude. And I'm so sorry. No, but that... (laughs) I said, I, that's why I told you God's you using this. He, you totally are. I was like, yeah, it is. God, thank you for that. Man, iron sharpens iron. I know, iron. right? Uh, but, you know, I i mean, my job before was so wonderful. And I, I'm just learning, like, even things that look good on paper, you know, may not make sense for seasons of our lives. And like you were saying, Callie, with the, the unknowns of the world and my husband being an essential worker, we were like, okay, if there's an opportunity for me to step back and be more home, we need to take it. Um, and just for myself to kind of realign with the Lord and put him in a better place in that, um, in the right place, the place above all the things that I do. Um, so if we didn't kind of have that practice in place each year of kind of talking about it, um, it would be totally pushed under the rug more and I probably would keep plowing forward um, because that's kind of my go-to to to just, you know, martyr a little bit. Right. And you've done so well in this area and you've done so much work. We'll, we'll put this up on the show notes, but you actually have even created with other women in our church, a decision-making metric, metrics, matrix, matrix. Yeah. Okay. On, Hey, how, like, are my hands open and, Mm -hmm. and what are the questions I should be asking myself, um, as a working mom? And I love how much time you've gone through to like really ask those questions. Like, is my family thriving? Like, why do I want to do this? Who's helping me process? Are my hands open? I love that. That's like right at the top of your question. And so I think you've done an amazing job at navigating that field and consistently holding your hands open. And I want to know from both of you guys kind of what are the hardest parts of what you feel like you've been called to do and what's the beauty? Like what's, what's kind of some of your favorite parts about what you do as a professional? (laughs) Um, I mean, it's hard. There's many, many hard things, you know, (laughs) like I always am like, no, I want to say it's not, but it is definitely hard. Um, There are days where I'm like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm tired. 
Um, but I know everybody feels that way. Um, I, I think the most things I have to watch for the most are feeling lonely or, um, as Todd says, eternally unique. Mm-hmm. Like no one understands this life or not enough people understand it. You know, I can do that. Um, but also I can get caught up in pride for how much I do. Like mm-hmm. I can say, oh, look at all these things that I'm doing um, and not realizing I do all of it because the Lord has gifted me to balance things and allowed me to juggle like a hundred percent guided it, allowed it, blessed it. And sometimes it doesn't go that way either. But um, I I most often have to seek out not being lonely and then self-reliance. That's good. Yeah. I, um, for me, I would say like just, Practically, I would say the commute um, that I drive every day. So I drive um, uh, roughly an hour and 10 minutes one way, uh, Monday through Friday. Um, And it's even actually kind of nice now in the COVID times. You know, there's no traffic. So that's beautiful. Um, But I think initially I really struggled with, with that because... I was focusing so much on how much time it was taking away from my family time, you know, time with the kids, um, being able to shuffle them around and take them to soccer practice and all these things. And so I think that that was hard for me, but I think God has redeemed that time for me because I use that um, as a way to, you know, reach out to friends I haven't reached out to in ages. Um, lots of podcasts like this one, mm. um, audio <laughs> um, books, man, um, just praying, spending time with the Lord. So I would say that if I actually get a job that is closer to home, eventually, um, that is something I'm going to miss because it was, it's just been so beautiful. Um, and, I think another part of that is because I am an Enneagram one, I have to be very careful to not be super self-reliant and prideful because um, I get into this place where I start stacking things. I'm like, I got this. We're good. I'm going to be okay. Um, And I think about... um, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, where, you know, it says, for by grace, you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift from God. You know, some versions say it's a free gift from God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. Now, I know that I'm not saved by my works, Mm -hmm. but I can be satisfied by them Hmm. in a way that is not, it's not of the Lord. It's sinful. And, um, so I have to ask myself, you know, do I, am I, am I resting in what God has, has done for me? Um, or am I resting in what, um, I've done or I've achieved? Um, and so, you know, a lot of times like, you know, the accolades that I mentioned earlier, or even for, you know, stay at home moms, you know, like homemaking, the parenting, having different hobbies and being able to juggle that and get the house together. And all those things are all visible things that we could see as like evidence of like job well done, pat on the back. But that is also sinful. Mm-hmm. Um, those things are, are, are um, can be idols. And so we have to kind of check ourselves 
um, and really be giving that back to the Lord. Like, okay, God, am I glorifying you in this or am I glorifying essay in this? Mm, so I have to do that good. a lot. And a I want to come lot. back to, sorry, I jumped on. No, it's okay. I want to come back to the shiny in a minute. Cause I know I also asked you about the beauty, but I think before I do that, I would love to know just maybe one level deeper specifically during this current season, like what, what about those hardships? How are they manifesting themselves? Like what challenge are you facing right now? Other, I mean, commute kind of counts. Oh too, yeah. But, yeah. Well, COVID-19 yeah. is super real. Um, and um, so I will say the overall arching theme that I am struggling with is the fact that I have to go to work every day mm. and I'm having these conversations with families to tell them I'm sorry for their loss or um, that I don't know if their loved one is going to make it. And then I get on social media with friends and with, you know, neighbors that are like, this is a hoax. This isn't real. Oh, this isn't this. It's not that. Um, man, that's been hard mm -hmm. and hurtful and painful. Mm -hmm. um, but again, um, the Lord is doing something in our lives and all of our lives that is palpable. Mm hmm. And it's all in a good way. I would say because of COVID-19, I've been able to like really get to know the people I work with, um, being able to openly talk about my faith to just love on people has been beautiful. And um, people are welcoming that more because they're wanting to find hope. They're wanting to find something to hold on to because COVID is very real. Yeah. So I would say that that that's been difficult. And then I would also say just kind of like in the climate alongside COVID-19 yes. with um, just racial injustice and um, just what that means. And um, not just dealing with that from like just our day to day, but just also with our brothers and sisters in Christ has been really difficult for me. Um, and I think I was, I was in uh, Habakkuk um, many weeks ago and I remember doing it for my quiet time. I was like, man, I am Habakkuk right now mm -hmm. <laughs> where, you know, in chapter one where Habakkuk's like, Oh Lord, like how long shall I cry for help? Mm -hmm. um, and you will not hear or to cry out violence and you will not save and I, I, there's been parts and facets of that where I've been like, man, I just don't understand. Like, do you not see all these things? Like, what are we supposed to do with all of this? Um, and and he quickly tells us in, in uh, I think, 1-5 where he's like, you know, listen, I am doing a work that if I tell you, you probably wouldn't mm. even believe. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that that is so encouraging. I needed to stumble upon that because that fits in with COVID-19 and that fits in with this topic of racial injustice as well of, listen, I'm doing some things right now. Mm -hmm. And even if I tell you, be like, mm -mm, no, no way. way, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so um, I just know that, you know, Matthew six reminds us that we need to seek the king and kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will mm. be added to you. 
all these things. Can I just tell you something really fast? Yeah. You have done that so mm. well, Essay. Like you have been a teacher to me, even you have redeemed the vastless pit that is Instagram <laughs> for me. <laughs> Truly, like when there have been times where I've read some of your posts and and teared up the, uh, the idea that you who are like, you're the head honcho of the nurses and that someone could walk in and see you and go, I'd like to have a different nurse or I'd like to, and to know those things that have happened to you that break my heart and then watch you throw Habakkuk one five at us. Mm. Like that is, that is the kindness of God. And it teaches me and it teaches other people too of like, you are living, you who would have excuse to be bitter and hurt and frustrated. And I'm sure you've visited all of those emotions, but like that what you would cling to is Matthew 6 and Habakkuk 1 is is teaching to me and it's preaching. And <laughs> I'm really, really grateful. It's fun to watch mm-hmm. a, a beautifully ordinary woman live an extraordinary life of faithfulness. So it's all Jesus. Thank you. Yeah. That is crazy. It is. Um, Okay, what about the shiny? What about what's the best part? Um, man, I I feel like the best part is also kind of part of what I was saying for the hard parts. Um, I think it's so beautiful to see the examples of women in the Bible God have has given us. Um, it's so empowering to see. Um, I know it's so overdone, but Proverbs 31 woman is really just so I, I can go back to it time and time again to be encouraged to work alongside my husband for our family and for the kingdom in that whole passage. But um, just to be reminded that God designed me, made me, chose my children and my husband and by being me that likes a, to juggle and do a lot, that is the mom that he wanted me to be for my kids. Mm. And I love showing them that. Like mm. we have hard stuff. Oh my gosh, we have hard stuff. But God picked me to do these things and to to have victories, to have failures, to have valleys. But um, I love showing my girls like, you can you can do anything like mm-hmm. through the Lord and it can change. It doesn't you're not defined by a season in it. And um that's just my story for work because I've done many different things. Um, but by doing those things, my husband has gotten to be very involved in my kids' lives um in a way that he wouldn't have gotten to if I wasn't working. He'd be working all the time. Yeah. Um so I I just love what I get to show them through the way the Lord has wired me and just the things he's provided for me. I think I, I echo just the beauty of the Proverbs 31 woman um, because there's so much in there that's encouraging to a working mom. You know, she was seeking wool and flax. She was working with willing hands. Her lamp never goes out at night. Those are, those are, like affirmations to mm-hmm. me that yeah. you can be that beautiful Proverbs 31 woman and just be a, the hardest working mom mm-hmm. you could be or the hardest working stay at home mom or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. God will and 
he can and will use that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also um, Genesis, just Genesis, like when, you know, when God made Adam, what's the first thing that he did? You know, he told him to tend the garden. He gave Adam a job before he even gave him a wife. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, Paul was a tent maker. Peter was a fisherman. There, I mean, work is highlighted. Mm-hmm. You know, God gave us this. He gave us gave us this even before sin entered the world. This was this was a part of that beautiful life that He intended mm-hmm. for us. And so, those are all affirmations to me that, hey, if this is where I am, God is going to use this, and He's going to redeem it, and He's going to make it for my good, no matter what the situation or whatever it looks like to to other people. It doesn't matter. This is where. God has me. That's so good. That's almost like like laying down your <clears throat> affirmation and then also helping us with with a framework of you know, if I were you sitting in this conversation and going, what what would you want me to know if I'm considering being a working mom? I mean, that answers that as well that work is pre-fall, work is righteous, work is a part mm-hmm. of God's original plan. And now that's not to say now y'all don't start emailing me and telling me that I'm saying everybody needs to work. They don't at all, but it gives freedom for both sides of the coin. So Dana, what would you tell a woman who is considering being a working mom? I would tell you it's hard and it's fun and it's a roller coaster of emotions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And you have to let go of whatever perfect thing you're thinking in your head that it will look like. Um, I mean, I definitely have had to do that and just be okay um, with not perfect. And um, kind of just what I was saying about being the woman God made me to be for my kids um, and focusing on God's calling for me. And, um, and, you know, not looking to your left or to your right at what your other sisters are doing. Um, because that is where, I mean, we all stumble when we start looking at each other and thinking, well, why isn't she doing it this way? Um, and just cheering each other on for it. That's good. I was just going to add on too. like, I feel like to say a working mom, I, I I feel like shout outs to like the stay at home moms as well, because that's a full-time job. 365, no breaks, yep. okay? Dana, is there anything else that you would add to of like, what's something that you would love to share um, with moms that aren't working or even just kind of, because this is a conversation that can be divisive and we don't want it to be divisive, but listen, diapers versus cloth diapers can be divisive. Yep. Breastfeeding versus formula can be divisive. There are so many things in this season of life, mm-hmm. homeschool versus public school versus private school. So just it, what would you want somebody on the different that lands differently on the spectrum to know from you? I mean, I just have been eternally blessed by friends who stay home um, in the ways that they have come alongside me and just been hands and feet in ways that I can't. And so I share this just to add an angle of a place of service that maybe as a stay-at-home mom you haven't even thought of. And I this almost brings me to tears every time I share it, but I have just had friends who send me um, pictures and, you know, I can't be at every 
uh, you know, popsicle party or all the random things that preschool and elementary school and especially just having four kids. Um, just my friends who've been like, hey, I'm going to be there today. Tell Roxy she can sit with us. Tell her that I'm sending you pictures and tell her. Um, and just they've just represented me in ways um, that have made my kids not miss a beat. And um, gosh, it's good. <laughs> just sweet. Isn't that sweet? Like you, it's literally putting the adage of it takes a village. And that's what's so beautiful is that person's not going, let me show you that I was here and you weren't like her heart is a heart of service of let me help you be here when you can't be here. Yeah. And just that genuineness. I mean, clearly I picked up on it and um, it just means a lot to my kids and they weren't like, Oh mom, you weren't there. They're like, Oh good. You saw me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think that's a place that I never even thought of. Um, so when that, when I, experienced that I'm like oh gosh god that's so neat that you just filled that in um so I'm I just like to share that because that's such an easy thing on their part um because you know you love your friends kids like they're your own easily um so just being able to be like oh I'm gonna love my working friend with this because I'm there I'm gonna take pictures and I'll make them feel included in something that they couldn't have been so that's really sweet and really, really practical. Yeah. And really helpful. Do you have anything else you'd add, Essay? I think that, um, I don't know how to like land after that. That's really good. drop. <laughs> um, <laughs> Man, praise the Lord. Yeah, we can all go home. No, um, I would say that, that the practicality of just loving your neighbor as yourself mm-hmm. here is so beautiful because um, a lot of us working moms, it's definitely quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. You have to prioritize and you have to just make it work. And I think when we're so hard on ourselves, it's so beautiful when we have that in our corner, because mm-hmm. like you said, your kids don't see mama wasn't there. It was, Oh mama got to see me, you know, do mm-hmm. my cool kick with my soccer ball or whatever it is. Yeah. And so they they just have joy that you get to celebrate those moments with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as working moms, like you said, there is no real balance, but it's, it's like letting your kids know that like, yeah, I may not be here all the time, but you are seen and you're loved, not just by me, but by multiple people around us. You know, they got, my kids got a lot of aunties and uncles, everybody's auntie and uncle. And so, or miss and mister. And so, you know, like they, they're just happy. There's so much joy in the simple things. And I think, Um, I think just loving on us as working moms and just reminding us that like, it's okay. You're, Mm -hmm. you're doing exactly what you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and don't you worry because your kids are loved. Your kids look good. They're happy. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's important. Not, man, did I, I don't know if I spent that extra 20 minutes with them. I should (laughs) have spent a little bit more time with them before, but man, That'll preach. I mean, I feel like the biggest thing that I come away with with this episode that I'm 
really invigorated to do even a better job. And it's, we have to champion one another. Yes. We have to be mm-hmm. for one another. I think about Romans 12, outdo one another in showing brotherly affection. Like who is someone mm-hmm. in your life today, ladies who are listening that you can just champion, whether she's a stay at home mom and those 12 hours seem the longest that they could possibly be. Or she's like me with, a child that didn't sleep through the night for two years, or even if you're not in a situation where you're married and um, you're waiting on the desire of your heart and it's the desire of your heart to be married or you're married and you're waiting for children, we have got to champion each other. And um, I just think about the last time somebody complimented me specifically on something I did as a mom. And I just remember looking at them being like, oh my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> you know, just because we don't hear it enough. Yep. And so I think that's my challenge to us today is who is in your life that you could go and speak words of encouragement into mm. their life. And that doesn't mean there isn't time to ask questions or isn't time to challenge or um, or that God might not convict. Like, I love you that you guys both shared specifically about seasons where you were like, Here's the pendulum that we swing on where I'm healthy and it's an idol. And it did swing over to be an idol during this season in my life, but that you're constantly checking your heart before the Lord. And so that's what we want. We want peace in our decisions and we want peace in um, the relationships we have where people fall to the different sides of the lines in a different way. And so guys, S.A. and Dana, thank you so much for just opening up your hearts and sharing both the successes of where the Lord's led you, but even perhaps more importantly, the the places where you felt like failures, because I think people are always challenged by our strengths, but they're seen and noticed and heard in our weaknesses. And so I think that's pretty huge. And I think we are just sisters in Christ and what a great rally cry to come together and to champion one another for the cause of Jesus. Well, ladies, that is all the time we've got for today. What an awesome episode. I pray that you are challenged and encouraged and motivated and that there's somebody in your life that comes to your mind from the Holy Spirit that goes, you know what? They need to hear a word from me today. They need some encouragement from me today because we all need it. So thanks for joining us today on the Collective Podcast. If you want to learn more about us, you can always visit our website at watermark.org slash collective and follow us on Instagram at watermark underscore collective. Make sure and share this episode with someone you love, someone who might need some encouragement. And again, if you have questions or need prayer, you can always email at us at collective at watermark.org. Friends, we love you and we will see you next time on the Collective Podcast. 